I had some time to reflect. I wasn't necessarily sure about exactly what my next step would look like, but taking that space gave me the clarity that I did in fact want to move on. Welcome to Career Relaunch, the podcast focused on helping you create more meaningful work. My name is Joseph Liu, and I'm here to help you gain the clarity, confidence, and courage to overcome the challenges of making changes to your career so you can do more fulfilling work and enjoy your professional life. In each episode, I feature people who have stepped off the beaten path to reinvent their careers and do work that truly matters to them. We talk through their unique personal stories, the challenges they overcame, and the lessons they learned along the way to help you take your own brave steps to relaunch your own career. Today, my guest is going to discuss how he relaunched his career from working in the public employment services sector to government health reform. We'll discuss the differences between working for a public and private institution and the steps you can take if you're feeling stuck in your own career. Afterwards, during today's mental fuel, I'll explain a moment in my own career when I had to take a step back to gain some much-needed clarity. Today, I'm speaking with Ben Mallinson, whose professional experiences span the not-for-profit, private, and public sectors in Australia. He began his career in Melbourne, working for a not-for-profit employment services provider. A few years later, he transitioned into the private sector, including three years working for one of Australia's top management consulting firms as a project coordinator and executive assistant. Last year, he transitioned into the public sector, taking on a role in a large Victorian state government department where he worked on a statewide health and human services reform project, and he's recently started a new role within the same department, working on an exciting transformation program of works. Now, I think today's conversation is relevant to anyone out there thinking about going from the public to private sector or vice versa, because Ben actually did both. And he'll talk about some of the things he learned about his own perceptions versus the reality of each. You can get all the show notes from today's episode at careerrelaunch.net slash 54. Ben spoke with me from Melbourne, Australia. Okay, good evening, Ben, and welcome to Career Relaunch. Thanks, Joe. Well, I am very interested in having you on the show today so we can talk about your transitions between the public and private sector and what you've learned along the way about how to repackage who you are when you're making those transitions. But I was wondering, Ben, if you could just start off by telling me what you're focused on right now in your career at the Victorian state government and also your life there in Melbourne. I'm really focused at the moment on developing my leadership skills. So I, I want to try and do that through practical experiences as much as I'm able to. But I also really want to, I decided recently that I want to deepen uh, and expand, I guess, my technical skills relating to that. So uh, next year, I will be studying part-time management and business administration while, while I continue to work. Can you also just give us a glimpse into what exactly you do there as a senior compliance officer? I work for um, a state government um, department in, in Victoria. So that's the second largest state by population in Australia. And essentially, I, I work in a public policy um, setting uh, in various projects around policy reform and implementation I was wondering if we could go back in time and if you could take us back to the time in your life, Ben, when you were working in employment services for the government, part of what you were doing was working with government welfare recipients, but would love to hear a little bit more about that. 
That was really one of my first proper professional gigs once I had finished uni. I made that decision to go into employment services because I was always really drawn to work in roles or in settings where I was able to help people in some way, shape or form. So I was doing a bit of soul searching, a bit of exploration back then. And I actually went to see a career counsellor who pointed me in in that direction as, as a potential option. So I started out in quite a junior role, what's called an associate employment advocate, and then moved into um, working with a range of clients, I guess, with a range of different barriers to employment, many of them who have been on welfare for a long time or have various other barriers to employment or psychosocial issues, and basically working in a sense as an employment consultant to try and get them into work either for the first time or back into work uh, and off of welfare and in some kind of direction. And I know we've got similar services here in the UK that are more, um, I guess, in the public sector where you're trying to help people who are trying to go back to work or who are trying to enter work for the first time. Do you have any sense of whether there were any misconceptions that you had about those types of people trying to get jobs that you pretty quickly dispelled after spending some time working directly with them? I guess when you're working in that kind of role, you realize that things may not be as simple as they might appear on the the outside. So there are many reasons why somebody may find it difficult to enter the workforce. One prime example of that is really uh, the examples that are in people's lives. If you've grown up without the example of, say, your parents or caregivers or whoever it may be in work, then that is not going to be such a natural expectation or path for you that that just follows um, immediately from leaving or um, finishing school or whatever it may be. The other is, I guess, you know, socioeconomic factors, access to education, perhaps, you know, a disrupted life in many ways, whether it's being in and out of homelessness or having other issues or problems, whether it's drug and alcohol dependence or um, mental health barriers. So, Working in that kind of role, you are able to form a more fuller picture of of just um, the wide range of things that can be a barrier to somebody participating and entering into the workforce. We've had a couple people on this show actually who have found themselves homeless or have been through a really long transition. And yeah, if you dig a little bit deeper, I guess things aren't always as they seem and there could be a really good reason why they're in that situation. So very interesting. Now, Ben, you eventually decided to move into the private sector. And it sounds like you were doing really great work to help these people find jobs. And I'm curious what was behind your desire to make this shift from public into the private sector. And I think you you eventually landed in a management consulting role. The next role um, that I took after starting out in employment services was under a different system with clients who were covered by um, what's called workers' compensation here, where if somebody has an injury in the workplace, um, they are compensated and assisted through their process of recovery and to redeploy into new work or a different career. And also um, traffic accident compensation clients, so clients who had actually had some kind of traffic accident. So I moved into that area, which 
is in some ways similar in, in type in the type of service, but was run by a private organization and very much to my surprise, a very uh, private focused industry, you might say. What was it like for you to make this shift? Because this is kind of an interesting case study where your role was quite similar, but you're going from a public sector to a private sector role. How was your day-to-day life different? And like, what sort of impact did that shift have on your perceptions of how, how good of a fit it was for you? I still felt that I worked in a realm, I guess, where, where helping people was still the focus of a lot of people working in that industry. I think my next step into the private sector, which was then actually to management consulting for a private firm, working with a whole range of different organizations and clients, whether private, public or not profit, um, and a whole range of different um, projects. It was a change in many ways because there were so many projects, different projects um, to work on, which required a very agile approach across those different projects and working with different clients. But really the pace, the deadline focus of that environment, the frenzied nature of that environment was, I guess, a different kind of gear and a different intensity and probably a more commercial underpinning to everything that we did, that was probably a a more significant um, jump and transition for me in some ways. I guess what's kind of behind my question is I talked to some people who either work in the nonprofit sector or they work in the public sector and they have this thirst for working in the private sector for, I suppose, reasons that seem great on paper, like salary or benefits or just the sheen and the glimmer of working in the private sector. And and I was just wondering if the perceptions you had of the private sector and how satisfied you were going to be there, how that ended up playing out for you. I was excited. The the company that I worked for, you know, they had a, a really fresh, vibrant kind of image. And throughout the recruitment process, I got a sense that the place was really a very innovative company with a very exciting culture. I was really drawn to that in many ways. And then I got into that company and in many ways, it was an exciting place to work. There was lots of innovative approaches, lots of workshopping, lots of colorful sticky notes on the walls and whiteboarding and, uh-huh. and, and, a, and a real kind of buzz to the place. And there were many aspects of working there that I really loved. But the kind of position I found myself in was the role I was doing really wasn't the right kind of role for me. It was sort of a dual role in some ways. So on one side of things, I was working in project coordination and in some cases, managing smaller learning and development projects. But on the other side, I found myself more in an executive support kind of role and and found really that for, for many reasons, that wasn't really a great fit for me. And um, I found myself kind of feeling a little bit stuck in a role that I felt I was being underutilized in, but in an environment that was quite exciting in other ways and and interesting in other ways. So um, I think for me, my lesson in that process was I was very um, taken by the image of the company and in some ways that delivered. But what I didn't think enough about was really how suited I was to the role and how aligned the role that I actually took on was to my broader career objectives and what's important to me in my life and in my career. 
Yeah, that's a good point because I guess it is the combination of the organization and the role that you're in that really creates your day-to-day life. Once you realized that this role wasn't exactly a great fit for you, how did you then think about the next step in your career? I actually recall a, a specific period of time that was a bit of a turning point for me, if you like. And for a while, I was kind of in a state of confusion because a part of me felt that, hmm, I'm not sure if this is the right role for me or what, what my future is is here. But on the other hand, I really like aspects of the company, the culture and the people I work with. But what should I do next? I was kind of confused. And I had the opportunity at that time, fortunately, to be able to take a bit of a break. So I took a month off work on leave and, and I took a holiday. I went to America for a month and I met up with some friends over there, but I spent it mostly by myself. I went to Burning Man, I went to the Grand Canyon and I had some time to reflect and think about my next steps. I wasn't necessarily sure about exactly what my next step would look like, but taking that, that distance, that space, if you like, gave me the clarity that I did in fact want to move on. I actually wanted to move back closer to a more community, human services focused industry where I could work on problems and projects that would affect the lives of people who are disadvantaged. Taking a bit of time out to sort of take a step back um, allowed me to see that and say, okay, I know one thing. I don't know what that role exactly is going to be, but I know I need to explore what kinds of organizations and roles and paths that I might be able to pursue that are more in line with that direction rather than private management consulting. And one of the things that we spoke about before, Ben, when we chatted prior to recording this was the steps that you took to leverage some of your key contacts and mentors to help you repackage yourself in your career. How much did that play a role in your next move? It played a really vital role, I would say. And in each of the transitions that I've made, um, whether it be in public or into private or out of private sector, talking with other people around me and drawing on resources was really a key strategy that I found was very helpful. And in my previous role in organization, I was very fortunate to have a great mentor and coach in a, in a senior colleague or manager of mine who I trusted and respected. And once I had identified that I wanted to work in human services and in fact identified the department I now work in as an option for me, I talked to her because she used to be a senior government executive before actually moving into into management consulting. So I talked to her about um, roles that I was looking at and, and whether she saw them as being suitable for me or how I might adjust my approach or the language in my resume or my cover letters to, to be more aligned to the public sector context and to really, I guess, mine for her wisdom as to, to how I could make that transition. She was really able to help me map that process to review my applications and to support me through that process. And, you know, she's just one person who I spoke to throughout the, that whole process, that whole transition. I used to speak to people who, um, or to hiring managers who had even rejected job applications I had submitted to ask them for a coffee and to get feedback and then ask what I might be able to do differently. So really talking to people, drawing on whatever resources I could was just a huge, huge help in the whole process. 
And one of the things I think you mentioned to me before, also in our initial conversation, was that you looked at the values of the target organization as a way of packaging yourself for that role. Can you tell me a little bit more about how that played out for you here? Almost every organization or government department has their values and their strategies and their key um, reasons for being on their website and in their um, position descriptions. And I really focused on analyzing what I could, whether it's the website or the position descriptions, and using that language um, and using those values throughout my resume and throughout my cover letters and trying to highlight um, examples of how I had demonstrated those values. But it's actually really taking the time, I guess, to look at the information you have available and see how you can mirror that in your applications so they can see you (laughs) and the application, but see how you align to their organization. Another thing that I'm curious about, Ben, is this concept of returning back to the sector that you came from. And I guess the term is a boomerang employee where you where you go back to the actual company. And sometimes it works out for people and sometimes it doesn't. Did you happen to have any concerns about shifting back to the public sector from the private sector I did have hesitations, and I think that there were a number of things underpinning those hesitations. Part of it was was the vibrant aspects of the culture in which I was working. I wondered whether I was going to find the same kind of exciting environment, the same kind of innovation anywhere else. But another part of it was really around difficulties that I was having with my confidence at the time. There were parts of the role in which I was doing previously that weren't a great fit for my skill set. And, you know, I had a few challenges in trying to make that work. And so part of me sort of, in some ways, I guess, brought into an external narrative, if you like, of perhaps I should stick it out here and try to make this work. Because if I can't make it work here, then how am I going to make it work anywhere else? In some ways, my own self-confidence was was playing against me. And then you know, it's the fear of the unknown, I guess, and knowing that there were parts of the culture that I liked and being scared that I wouldn't be able to find something equally as exciting or reward or interesting and rewarding elsewhere. A few months later into the role, I found myself in a position I never could have dreamed of, really. I was given more responsibility and I was leading the piloting and the rollout of three different classroom training programs that were rolling out across the state and managing multiple large contracts with vendors. And in some ways, I I couldn't believe that that this was happening for me only a few months later. Once I was there, I really never looked back. I, I didn't regret a thing. The last thing I was hoping to talk with you about, Ben, before we wrap up with some of your side work is a few of the things you've learned during your journey. And I'd love to start by, first of all, taking a look at what you've learned when you look back on your career change. Is there something that you wished you had known that you now know? One of the key things that I've learned and that I've been putting a lot of thought into recently is how important it is um, during challenging times, especially perhaps if you are um, feeling disenfranchised with a certain job or feeling 
like you're going through a challenging patch, not to get caught up or focused only on where you are now at a particular point in time in a role with, with a particular organization. Realizing that there are plenty of other opportunities out there and taking a big picture view, not getting caught up in the narrative that other people write for you, whether it's your current bosses, your colleagues, your family members, but actually taking it inward and saying, okay, what do I know to be my strengths? What resources do I have to draw on? What's important to me? What's the kind of work that matters to me and that I would like to be doing in the future? And really taking a big picture view and taking charge of writing your own personal narrative, if you like. That was um, something that was hard to see at the time when, when I was feeling a bit stuck. But now in hindsight, I feel that that was a valuable lesson to take charge of writing my own narrative. I guess I'm probably one of these people where you get a little bit caught up in the micro picture of where you're at, at this precise moment in your career. Do you have any tips on how you can make sure you step back and just reflect on the bigger picture? Purpose is important. If we only think about what kind of role do I want to do or what kind of money do I want to make or what does my boss think I'm good at or what this, that, one or the other, but actually thinking about what drives you, what, what kinds of organizations do you want to work for? What, what influence do you want to have? What purpose do you want to be the thread of your career? Taking it back from there can help us to sort of get out of, I guess, a tunnel vision into the situation we're in right now. The other piece of advice I've given, which I think I've spoken about in some other ways throughout this conversation is really about talking with others whether it's mentors working in, in a role that you think you might want to do or whether it's just friends or family who have made their own successful transitions. When you talk to other people, making a career transition automatically becomes a less lonely path. And you realize, yeah, exactly that, that you're not alone. Um, you may pick up some pearls of wisdom along the way and, and get the strength to go forward. Having been through this career change, is there any particular thing you've learned about yourself aside from these very valuable lessons about the importance of connecting with other people and also reflecting on your long-term purpose? I'm wondering if there's anything you learned about you yourself during the process. When I was in my previous role, and I mentioned the two parts to the role, some of it allowed me opportunity to lead smaller projects. The rest of it was more in a role supporting executives to do well um, in the projects they were working on. And I always felt, you know, when I was working on projects and leading things, that that, that was a fit for me, that, that it seemed to, to light me up. And then in the new roles that I've been in, in more recent times, I have had great opportunities to lead projects and, and to lead others as well and, and really take charge um, in the work that I was doing. So that, that made me realize about myself that leadership is something that is a natural strength of mine and something that I'm orbited towards and that I want to, to use in my own career path. I'd love to wrap up, Ben, by talking a little bit more about what you're doing now and specifically about Medium, which is where I know you're writing about a lot of these lessons that you've shared with us here about your career journey. And for those listeners out there who aren't familiar with Medium, it's an online long-form blog publishing platform, which was launched a few years ago 
by Ev Williams, the co-founder and former CEO of Twitter. And this is actually how you and I first crossed paths because I think you stumbled upon my career relaunch publication on Medium. And I was hoping you could tell me a little bit more about the writing you're now doing on Medium. I try and um, post, I guess, short articles and thought pieces from time to time on Medium. A lot of them do tend to be around similar content to yours in some ways, Joseph, on, on career transitions, on um, repackaging yourself to make a move into a, a different role or a different sector and, and the processes um, and stories that I have to bring to that. So there's a few articles I, I have up on that topic. There'll be some new stuff there um, coming up soon on creating your own professional narrative, which I've talked a little bit about today. So if people want to have a look at that or check that out, it's um, medium.com forward slash at Ben Mellinson. And yeah, my stuff will be there. Perfect. Speaking of personal narrative, before you go, I just got to ask you for someone out there who is struggling with recrafting their narrative, because I know that that does come up, especially with career changers, trying to figure out what your narrative is going to be and how you're going to pitch yourself. Any quick tips for, for somebody out there who's struggling to connect the dots in their own career? Our careers are not linear in nature. So don't just get caught up into to where you are right now. And perhaps if you're struggling to imagine, you know, what you could do next or down the track, take a look at where you've come from. Where did you start out? What's your, um, always been your sort of driving purpose for the types of things you were looking for in your career? And, and maybe in a time before your current place, um, when you were in a role where perhaps it felt like a better fit, what were the strengths that you were demonstrating in, in those roles? What were the aspects of, of that part of your journey that you'd like to revisit? Celebrate your successes along the way and, and what, you, what you do well now. And then taking a look at the past, I guess, taking a look at where you are now and then thinking about how all of that applies and can um, feed into the next step of your career as well. Yeah, it's a great tip. I think sometimes people fall into the trap of wanting to almost explain away their past when they're trying to make a change. And actually, since you can't change your past, I'm with you. You might as well embrace it and try to figure out how you can make the most of it because it is what it is. And so great tip. Thank you for sharing that with us. And I also just wanted to thank you so much, Ben, for telling us more about your transitions between the public and private sector, the importance of reflecting on your long-term career purpose, which I think is, is really, really useful. And also just a good reminder about the power of making sure you talk with other people when you're trying to figure things out, because it can be a very lonely journey when you're changing careers. So best of luck with your new role there at the Department of Health and Human Services. And I look forward to reading more of your career insights on me also. Thanks so much, Joe. So I hope you enjoyed hearing Ben's thoughts on the importance of connecting with others, how to recraft your own career narrative, and why creating some headspace for yourself is so important to gaining career clarity. Now it's time to wrap up with today's Mental Fuel, where I'm going to talk about a time in my own career when I had to take a big step back and reassess what I really wanted. Before we get to today's mental fuel, I wanted to thank Brand Yourself for supporting this episode of Career Relaunch. Brand Yourself offers simple tools and services to help control what people find when they Google you. To clean up, protect, and improve how you look online, visit brandyourself.com and use promo code RELAUNCH to get 50% off a premium membership. This is the part of the show called Mental Fuel 
where I finish the show with a brief personal story related to one of the topics we covered today and wrap up with a simple challenge to help you move forward with your own career goals. And for today's Mental Fuel, I'd like to talk about one of the biggest turning points in my career when I left the corporate world to start my own business and how I came to the realization I wanted to make that change. So back in 2012, I got married and that started to shift my views on how I wanted to spend my time, mostly because I wanted to be able to have time and control of my time to spend time with my wife. And at the time, I had just started a new brand marketing job working for Haagen-Dazs at General Mills in London and soon got promoted to work on their global team, which on paper sounded like a great opportunity. And I was certainly grateful to have the chance to do global marketing work because it's something I always wanted to do. But the realities of the job meant I was spending a big chunk of my energies on internal alignment building meetings, stakeholder management, and global organizational politics. Being on a global team where our home office was in Minneapolis, located six time zones behind, and another big team in China was located eight hours ahead, also meant we often had to do work calls at odd hours of the day, sometimes in the middle of the night. And as is the case for most people working in the corporate world, my workload was pretty heavy, so it wasn't unusual for me to slip into the office on the weekends to get caught up. And I'll never forget one weekend when my newlywed wife actually decided to come into the office to keep me company, because at least that was better than us just not seeing each other at all over the weekend. And it was also around that time that my father actually passed away in November of 2012, literally just a couple months after I got married. And if you're listening to this and you've had someone close to you pass away, you know that death has a way of making everything stop in your own life. And I found myself thinking about Well, certainly my father and his life and the time we'd spent together over so many years. But it was also hard not to think about my own life and how I was choosing to spend my days, how much I was actually enjoying the work I was doing, and how much energy I was expending on things that didn't really matter to me, especially when the fragility of life was so top of mind for me at that moment. My parents lived in Sacramento at the time. And I will always remember saying farewell to my father for the last time, then hopping on an Amtrak train from Sacramento to San Francisco to catch a flight back to the UK. And during that train ride, I remember looking out the back of the train, thinking, of course, about my father, but also about how those train tracks were suddenly like this metaphor for my career, where I felt like I was steadily, but almost robotically, moving along this defined path in my career, but not necessarily in a direction I wanted to go anymore. On that train ride, I remember passing by the Clorox building where I'd managed a couple brands prior to moving to London, hopping on an airplane at the San Francisco airport and on that flight, seeing goo desserts served on board, which was the brand I managed after I left Clorox, landing in London, rolling back into work that following Monday, surrounded by Haagen-Dazs containers, and sifting through all the emails in my inbox, most of which were related to, you guessed it, internal meetings, stakeholders, and what suddenly felt like issues I just struggled to genuinely care about 
at that moment. And if there was ever a time in my career when I was just going through the motions, this was it. Now, the story of how I eventually decided to leave the corporate world behind to start my own business is one I touch on across multiple episodes of this podcast, so I'm not going to rehash that whole story now. But this represented a moment when I decided to take a step back from everything. And I know Ben mentioned he took some time off to figure out his next moves, and he also found a lot of clarity talking with a wide range of people. And I actually think both actions can be extremely useful. In my specific case, at this specific moment in my career and life, I wasn't in a position to take time off. And I also decided that what I needed most was to just carve out some time to be with myself. Now, I'm not really one to go on long walks by myself, but that's exactly what I ended up doing. And while that may not seem like the most eye-opening activity, for someone like me who's constantly in motion, just the act of slowing down and having some time to reflect on what I wanted was actually really helpful. And I remember walking through the Hillingdon Court Park, just down the street from the General Mills office, plopping myself down on a bench and deciding that life was just too short to continue doing work I no longer truly cared about. A few weeks later, I tendered my resignation, and the rest is history. Now, I'm sharing this story with you because if you're like me, your life and work may be in sort of a constant perpetual motion where you're spinning a lot of plates, putting out fires, dealing with urgent requests, trying to get through each day without dropping the ball on anything, and continuing to at least feel like you're making some progress with your goals. But when was the last time you just stopped? When was the last time you took a moment to just be with yourself and think about what you really stand for in your life and career, what you really want for your life and career? Maybe you're good at making a point to regularly spend quality time with good friends or in a more professional context to nurture your relationships with colleagues. But how good have you been recently about spending quality time with yourself? When was the last time you asked yourself how much longer you're willing to tolerate dealing with some situation that feels unacceptable to you? This brings me to a quote from Winston Churchill. People occasionally stumble over the truth, but most of them pick themselves up and hurry off as if nothing ever happened. So my challenge to you is to carve out some time, ideally in the next week, when you'll commit to taking a moment to pause. I'm talking about getting away from your devices and any distractions, creating some momentary distance between you and your work, and dedicating time to just being by yourself to reflect on your career and where it's headed. Then to take a stance on whether your career is or is not moving in a direction you want it to. If it is, great. Double down on an activity that's been serving you especially well. But if it's not, I'd like you to reflect on how long you'll continue to tolerate working in a way that doesn't truly fulfill you. 
If you're enjoying Career Relaunch and interested in sharing your thoughts with me about the show, I'd love for you to leave a positive five-star review on Apple Podcasts at careerrelaunch.net slash 54, where you can also find a summary of all the key concepts from today's show. I'd also love for you to leave me a voicemail sharing your own career change challenge, and I'll do my best to address it on a future episode. And just for the fun of it, I've also included a link to one of my favorite Spotify playlists in case you're looking for some good reflective background music to accompany you as you think about your own career. Again, that's careerrelaunch.net slash five four. In our next episode of Career Relaunch, I'll be featuring a former house cleaner turned full-time photographer who's going to share her honest story of what it's like to hit rock bottom in your career then find a way to bounce back from that to do work you truly enjoy. Thanks so much for listening to Career Relaunch, and a special thanks again to Ben Mallinson for joining us today from Melbourne, Australia. This episode was mixed by Richard Pennington, Electrocardiogram wrote and performed our original theme song. I'm Joseph Liu, and I'll see you next time.